Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. Cold air cooling and heating. Reuben speaking. Sorry to bother you, Mr. Reuben, sir. What's up, Jesse? Just getting ready for my first day of training tomorrow. Okay. How can I help? You know those paper booties we wear to keep the house clean when we work? Can now put them on in under three seconds. Wow, Jesse, that's mighty impressive. I've been practicing all evening. Well, okay, but you don't need... Want to make a great first impression with our customers. That you will, Jesse. Want to live up to the Colair reputation. You're going to be great. It's just... Yes, Mr. Rubin, sir? Training is done at the office, and... I won't need the booties. Right, Mr. Rubin. That's right, but... I you can, can put, put on, on the, the booties in under, under three, three seconds. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Call Colair because we care. Visit callcolair.com. The only thing is, I go so quick, I think I got booty burn. We've lost some good people to booty burn. License number 6249C. All right, Stephen, you've got to join with me here. You ready? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Shlemiel. 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 Incorporated. Any Laverne and Shirley fans? We just Cue really the music. ourselves. <laughs> like there's a whole probably three generations that are going, what the hell are they talking what about? Is, what are they doing? This is, welcome back to the Milwaukee Beer Podcast. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's been a few Milwaukee beer installments. But you know what? For those who don't know the reference, you know, go to YouTube, Laverne and Shirley, and you'll you'll uh, you'll get it. Just <laughs> Google Laverne and Shirley opening song. It's fun. So, and and they were two uh, roommate young women that worked at a brewery in Milwaukee. Right? Yeah, hilarity ensues. And you and I were in Milwaukee not too long ago, and we walked around and saw the statue of Colonel Paps, and then we walked over to the Schlitz Brewery. We didn't yep. get in. Uh, no. they, they weren't open that day, but so we're talking about Schlitz today, right? And I'm surprised you said Colonel, given the whole was story. It Colonel? Was it Colonel? Was it Captain? He was Captain. He was oh, Steamship Captain. Remember? Captain, <laughs> How could Paps. you forget? <laughs> Send the hate mail to David. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel, Captain. Um, I, you know. So what? What rank was Mister Schlitz? Uh, he was just a Mister Schlitz. Just Mister. Okay. Yep. Yeah. The Joseph Slitz Brewing Company, you know, as you mentioned, here is a brewer based out of Milwaukee. And we actually talked a little bit about them in an earlier episode on PAPS, episode 76. We refer to Schlitz. You know, we sort of need to do this podcast to close that part of the story because right. there was a lot of things that happened between Schlitz and PAPS in the early days. And, you know, Schlitz... In the early 1900s, it became the largest beer producer in the United States, and it held that status on and off through the 1950s. So mm-hmm. they're a big deal. They were a big deal. In 1982, ironically, it was sold It was sold to Stroh's, and then in 1999, Paps bought it. So these two competitors eventually ended up being under the same umbrella. But okay. in its heyday, big deal. It was number one beer in the United States. Well, and and as their advertising slogan said, it's the beer that made Milwaukee famous. Yeah, there you go. 
I want to know what what beer made Milwaukee thirsty because that city was thirsty for beer. I mean, there's a lot of breweries. <laughs> a lot of big breweries have come out of Milwaukee. It's quite remarkable. I think it's the German heritage of Milwaukee that makes that happen. It Send the hate be. mail to me. <laughs> <laughs> but it started as Krug Brewery and was founded by August Krug in 1894. And when August Krug passed away, the brewery was struggling and he left it to his widow, along with $8,000 in debt. And at this time, oh. the business was being run by his nephew and a bookkeeper, Joseph Schlitz. And they're really trying to keep things together. And at this time, Schlitz is not only working as a bookkeeper, he's also working as the manager. And he offers to help run the brewery. And he actually ends up helping run the brewery. And then he turns the nephew into the bookkeeper. And Schlitz ends up marrying the widow, and then changes the company name to Joseph Schlitz Brewing Company. And that happens in 1858. He marries the widow. She has to probably change her name to Schlitz. Mm-hmm. And why not just change? You know, you're like Krug, was that? Was that yes, it? Krug. Yeah. you think, oh, that's a terrible name for a beer. Let's go with Schlitz. Because <laughs> it's so much better. <laughs> he marries the company, changes the name. <laughs> he marries the company, changes the name. And the goal is now to become the largest in the area. He wants us to become the largest brewer in the area, but they're still heavily in debt and he needs to get rid of the debt and grow. And he wants to sell outside of Milwaukee. And if you remember from the Paps episode, there were 35 brewers in Milwaukee and Paps had just bought Southside Brewer to become the biggest in the area. So Paps mm-hmm. had just done this acquisition to become the biggest in the area and Schlitz here is going, well, no, I want to become the biggest in the area. So Joseph Slitz needs to find an opportunity to sell their beer. And it's 1860, and war is looming. Civil war, yeah. Correct, yes. And there's Union soldiers building on the border, and soldiers need beer, so he decides to sell beer to these soldiers because the Mississippi River is not that far away. So he sails the beer down the Mississippi River on barges with ice to sell it to the Union soldiers. He ramps up production tenfold doing this. And by 1865, Schlitz is selling 4,400 barrels of beer and is on the way to become number one as long as the war continues. But we know (laughs) the Civil War is about to end. And once this happens, sales grind to a halt. So once again, he needs to find a new market outside of Milwaukee. Another opportunity presents itself. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. Hey, Rick, how's it going? Okay, fine. That doesn't sound okay. Well, what is it? My business. What about it? You probably wouldn't understand. Hit me. Well, you know I love it. But? My revenues have flatlined and I'm not growing anymore. Okay. Well... It's frustrating and depressing, and it was so much better when we were growing. Oh, I bet it was. And nothing I've tried has moved the needle. What about talking to Stephen? Stephen who? You know, the guy that hosts this podcast. Really? You think he could help? I hear he runs a paid-for-performance marketing agency. I wonder how that works. Why don't you ask him? How? Book one of those free starter sessions on the podcast website. I don't know. You can't say you've tried everything. If you don't try this. You're right. I might even learn something. I bet you do. Thanks, man. Let's go grab a bite. Yeah, sounds good. Right after you call Steven. Okay, okay. Book your starter session on this podcast website. Just visit the Empire Builders Podcast dot com 
and click on Get Started. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. So once again, he needs to find a new market outside of Milwaukee. Another opportunity presents itself. October 8th, 1871, we talked about this in Paps, the Chicago fire happens. Oh, yeah. This levels over 17,000 buildings, including 19 breweries. And remember, in this day, beer is also a substitute for water for a lot of people. So it's super important. But Joseph Slitz is a little bit slow to act on this opportunity. Captain Paps beats him to it, gets okay. there first. But Joseph doesn't want to be outdone. So what he decides to do is sends rail cars full of water and beer to give away for free to the needy. Give first away for free, people develop a taste for it, then they bought his beer. Mm -hmm. And they remembered that he gave him some water and some beer. And this is when he created the tagline, because he got a lot of press around this, the beer that made Milwaukee famous. Mm. And they become the number one beer in Chicago because they fill this hole lost by the Chicago breweries. So while he was later than Paps getting to the game, he outmaneuvered Paps with this whole idea of giving away beer and water for free, developing that taste and that brand loyalty. And as we know from both the Paps episode and the Budweiser episode around this time, shelf life for beer is a really big deal trying to figure out yeah. how to extend the shelf life. So Joseph decides to go to Europe to find a barley substitute as a way to extend the shelf life. So if we remember from Pabst, what they did is they figured out how to use corn and created American lager. Budweiser created bottling and pasteurization. What Schlitz wanted to do was find a barley substitute and he decided to go to Europe to do it. So mm. in 1875, he heads off to England, his ship crashes on land's end, the boat sinks, and he dies along with 335 other people. So you're not going to tell me what, what he found instead of barley, because he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> so now the brewery, remember we talked about the nephew, August mm -hmm. Eli, that's him. Now the brewery is in his hands. He gets everyone together to develop their own long-lasting lager. Now his brother had just come back from Copenhagen with this batch of yeast. And so oh, okay. they create this beer called Schlitz Bohemian. You're probably going, never heard of it. No, no. Yeah, yeah, it didn't sell well. At this time, uh -huh. this new idea, Schlitz Bohemian, doesn't sell well. Pops is outselling them by like crazy. But when his brother was in Copenhagen, he discovered this idea of tied houses. Now, tied houses became illegal in 1933. But basically, here's when you get this independent operator who is contracted with only one brewer. Basically, they started buying saloons or making deals with saloons where they would only sell their beer. This creates a monopoly, giving all these deals to tie to them, going and buying all sorts of saloons and only selling their product. This creates a monopoly that does get outlawed in 1933, but not before Schlitz finally passes Paps in 1902. And then, okay. you know, Paps passes them and then they get passed by Bud, you know, goes back and forth. And in 1982, it's sold to Stroh's for $500 million, which is now owned by Paps, ironically. You know, so there's all of this that's tied together. But what I found interesting with Schlitz, there, to me, there was a couple of lessons. One was he saw this opportunity with the war which was interesting, saying, okay, I can take advantage of that. 
bring beer down the river and sell it to the soldiers who are there, sure. Yeah, he was constantly thinking outside of his area. Even when he was late to the game with the opportunity happened in Chicago, he didn't let that defeat him. He actually figured out a way to outmaneuver Pabst with this whole idea of, of let's actually give away a sample. Like if you really think about it, it's like sampling. Absolutely. Sample of the beer, right? They develop a taste for my beer. They then buy my beer. And while I don't like the idea of monopolies or the creation of monopolies, it's still this whole went somewhere else, went to Copenhagen. Yeah. Now, it was to find a different brewing method, but while in Copenhagen saw here's how the saloons operate in Copenhagen. They're tied to a brewer. Wow, isn't that really interesting? We should do that here. And again, it would have been very easy to dismiss that because it's often easy to dismiss the things that we see somewhere else saying, oh, that won't work here. So they were always open, very open to the opportunities outside of their space. And I, you know, I admire them for that, keeping their eye open for these opportunities and whatnot in terms of how to grow. It's amazing. It's the first I'd heard of, you called it flag houses? Tide. Tide houses. Tide houses, not flag. Well, what I find interesting about that that made me think is he said they were outlawed, but Coke and Pepsi do that today, right? They'll go into a restaurant and they'll, they'll want to be the exclusive soft drink. I don't know how that works. Pepsi actually followed the Stroh's playbook because they bought a lot of the fast food chains. Yeah, yeah. They bought a lot of the fast food chains and those fast food chains can only sell Pepsi. Yeah. I don't know the legalities of this enough to sit there and say, hey, why is it work for the soft drink companies? It got outlawed in the beer industry. But, you know, let's face it, Coke and Pepsi learned this trick from somewhere. Oh, absolutely. And, and I have to think that it's probably a regulation that was put in place in the alcohol industry that just yes. didn't didn't affect everything else. As we know, they they regulate alcoholic beverages in a way different way than they do just about everything else. Yeah. So interesting, interesting. So there's a few lessons here that we can learn from. One was, you know, the power of product sampling. Like he used mm -hmm. product sampling very well to beat PAPS in Chicago, even though they were not the first to the market. Also, the importance of distribution. You know, when you have a product that goes on shelves and, and what they saw is the importance of distribution was tying up these saloons, but they understood that distribution was a real key to this business. Great story. Yeah, and we had to cover it because, you know, it helps us now close the Paps, Budweiser, Schlitz, <laughs> you know, because they all were sort of doing things at the same time. So what's next on the Milwaukee Beer Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to I'm gonna have to dig a little bit for that. <laughs> Budweiser was St. Louis. So, you know, we did step a little bit outside. Yeah. For those of you that are following the uh, the, the Laverne and Shirley uh, thread, uh, it was a spinoff from Happy Days. So, you know, uh, dig into that too while you're at it. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Thanks, David. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at the Empire Builders Podcast.com. <laughs>